question for y'all what time the Lakers come on today I just want to know what <laughs> what time the Lakers game came on tonight I missed it damn 
<laughs> Yo, man, this is King Known Uncensored, man. Game two, changing of the guard. We got a lot, a lot to talk about. We'll get to them playoff games last, right? We're going to start off by uh, sending a special rest in peace to K-Slay. You know what I'm saying? If y'all unfamiliar, you know what I'm saying? If y'all ain't got my YouTube channel, King No NBA and Music Talk. He was a graffiti artist when he was young who ended up being one of the major catalysts for mixtapes with his Street Sweepers brand and series introducing acts like Papoose to the world. You know what I'm saying? And he had all of, he had damn near everybody on his tapes, man. A fucking legend, you know, he passed from COVID. We had got reports that, you know what I'm saying? He was doing a lot better, but unfortunately he didn't make it. So rest in peace to K-Slay, 55, too young, man. Heard uh, 6 9 came back. Who gives a fuck? Next story. Fuck that faggot. But anyway, let's move on. Um, this Mount Westmore um, is set to drop their album allegedly this week. I mean, you know, all my old head niggas. If y'all unfamiliar, Mount Westmore is a rap group. Com uh, comprised of Snoop Dogg, E-40, Too Short, and Ice Cube. They allegedly, supposedly dropped their album on 420. I'm interested to see what, what that shit sound like. That's just me. I'm a fan of all four artists. All four artists are legends. Hall of Fame game niggas. And I definitely... And it's gonna be released under uh, that Snoop Dogg death row shit. Um, we got... Kendrick Lamar, wow, speaking of coming out of Guantanamo Bay, Kendrick Lamar resurfaced, talking about he dropping an album in May called uh, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, I'm interested to see if this nigga still got it, nothing comes easy man, you can't just come back and reclaim number one, you have to earn it, that takes years of time. Kendrick come back, he'll be top 10, maybe at 10, but it's other niggas that's working, that's out here doing their thing. I'm interested though, and a lot of people were anticipating his comeback, but you know what I'm saying? We'll see. Push a T, drop it on Friday, it's still dry. I seen the track list. Pusha T ain't never missed with a project Like as a member of Clips And as a solo artist Pusha T never put out a bad project He never put out a project That wasn't like A classic or at least close to it Um Then we got Future dropping a new album uh-oh, more toxic shit, more toxic pastor future, I mean more pretty much of the same song, same song, I mean I, I like that same song though, 
And uh, speaking of Pusha, does anyone care about Drake dissing Pusha? Because allegedly some audio leak of Jack Harlow's record with new record with Drake. Jack Harlow's dropping an album uh, soon as well. He's dropping his second album. His first album, I mean, I ain't going to hold y'all. That might be a C word, B. I ain't going to hold y'all. That white boy came with some heat the first time around. It's going to be hard to do. Duplicate that. Tough to duplicate that. But he dropping a project. His singles are okay. That uh Fergie Fergie sample joint was a little bit disappointing to me. But I gotta hear the project before I judge. Um, but yeah, Drake allegedly this pusher. You know, he's talking about like I can't let that slide. Yeah, because you admitted defeat first of all, and that's and it's just like a basketball team when they whooped your ass. You want you want to go back at them again. You want to go out and, and beat them. So I get why Drake did that, but dog, you lost. Pusher does not care. He's not gonna respond to you. He already won. He's over the shit. He. He deaded the shit. Nobody gives a shit. Move on, Drake, man. Make some new music. It's gonna pop. It's gonna sell. Matter of fact, CLB then sold like 500k already this year. The fuck you worried about Pusher for? Who ain't gonna sell 100k? Pusher gonna put out a better, better music than you. But you are. A pop star. You gonna sell, you gonna make tons of money. Shit, I'd rather be, I'd rather take an L and still be rich than to still be chasing after just one dub. That shit whack to me. But anyway, last but not least, before we get to the real shit, before we get all to all the game tools, we got. The Pistons targeting Colin Sexton. I heard that the Pistons are willing to make a deal for Colin Sexton. Would that mean us giving them Jeremy Grant? Because I would believe that that would be the catalyst for that deal. But isn't Sexton's contract up next year? If so, I think we should throw money. Troy Weaver is looking to dump some money into some players. And... Sexton would be a great pickup for us. Him and Kate in the backcourt would be sick. And then Jalen Brunson. The Pistons are targeting him next season. His contract is up. And I would be excited to have Jalen Brunson on our team. He would go well with Kate as well. That'd be a dangerous backcourt. But enough of the fuckery. We gonna, we gonna talk. We got a lot to talk about, including the pot is, is this the possible fall of many old dynasties. We know LeBron's done. OK, that nigga had the most disappointing season ever. But two people from that same era, you know what I'm saying, that have met defeat if they were to lose in that series, the question is, 
is KD and Kyrie, would they be done? If Brown and Tatum defeats them? Would this be the nail in the coffin to the switch that's cut on in the league where guys like Tatum, Brown, Ice Trey, Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, Anthony Edwards, Ja Morant take over the league away from the old niggas, letting the old niggas that they old niggas? Is KD and Kyrie washed up? Are they the 98 Rockets? We'll find out. But first things first, let's talk about game two, Raptors and Sixers. The Toronto Raptors ended up losing to the Philadelphia 76ers. Once again, 112 to 97. Now, the loss of Scotty Barnes does hurt this team, but Toronto tried to be competitive, but too much Sixers. I mean, Van Vliet did his best to keep them in the game. He had 20 points, 7 of 23 shooting, 5 of 16 from 3. Ooh, terrible shooting night. Pascal Siakam at 20 points, 7 of 20 shooting. OG Ananobi played pretty much the best out of everybody. 10 of 14 from the field, 26 points. Chris Boucher had 17 points. But it wasn't enough for the 76ers who had contributions and five niggas in double figures, mainly their starters. When Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris play well, you can hide that Harden had a 3 of 9 night and only had 14 points and was hella disappointing in that game but however that did not matter since the Sixers beat the Raptors by 15 as things shifted to game three which was tonight we won't be discussing that until the next episode you will get that discussion on YouTube for bonus coverage tonight I'm going to go live on YouTube and address the elephant in the room and we'll address some of that tonight, too. But let's move on to the next game, right? But as far as this series is concerned, you know, with Toronto being down 3-0, I think this series is O-V. This shit is dead, B. It's fucking dead, B. But moving on, right? The Dallas Mavericks beat the Utah Jazz 110-104. to Tying the series at one. A lot of Dallas fans and people in general think that this series is over. Because Utah had a bad game. But you got to look at it from a realistic standpoint. Utah took one from Dallas. And they're going back to Utah. So regardless if Luka Doncic comes back for game three or not. I'm still picking Utah. Luca has to prove to me that he can get out of the first round. Until then, I'm going to go with the team with more experience. But Utah just threw this game away. They had control of the game all game. 
I mean, if you look at Utah, Bogdanovich had 25. Donovan Mitchell had 34. Jordan Clarkson had 21 off the bench. The Jazz just fucked off this game. And they made a mistake. They had a chance to go 2-0 and then go back home to finish the series off. Because we know Luka's not going to be 100%. He's going to be a step slower. He won't get his shit together until game four. Now, moving on to Dallas, Jalen Brunson. Man, I'm loving this young, new, and fresh energy. And this is the story about the game of basketball. We We have your legends, but they get old. They get washed up. You know what I'm saying? They, you know, it's a changing of the guard. And then there's a new young group that comes along to take over the game. And they go on to dominate for years to come. And then they'll get old and the same thing, rinse and repeat. Now, Maxi Kleber had 25 points, 8 of 11 from 3, y'all. Ridiculous. Jalen Brunson had 41 points, 15 of 25 shooting, 6 of 10 from 3. That shit is crazy. And then not to mention, the Utah Jazz. Had let Dallas shoot so many wide open corner threes. You see, Utah, this is why nobody believes in you as a championship team because you don't play like champions. You play like y'all think y'all the shit, but you really ain't done anything. And this game proved it. Like, without 50 to 60% of their offense, they beat you. I understand that this is a Dallas home game, and Dallas definitely needed that game more than Utah. But who's to say that Utah is going to protect home court? Especially with the looming return of Luka Doncic, possibly for game three tomorrow. I don't know, folks. Utah might be in trouble. The so-called MVP in Nikola Jokic is down two to zero. Oh, you guys bit off more than you could chew. You mean to tell me a 6'6 Draymond Green can shut down a 7'2 Nikola Jokic? That's what y'all telling me. This is your MVP. Joel Embiid would have never got shut down by Draymond. Giannis Antetokounmpo would have never got shut down by Draymond. I'm just saying. But yeah, man. Golden State beat the dog shit out of Denver. 126 to 106. As Jordan Poole and Bench, the Bench version of Steph Curry. Came, you know, protected home court, of course, as they should. They have to go back to Denver. This series is not over. So I'm not going to, you know, count Denver out 
just yet. I mean, Joker did have his usuals, you know, 26 and 11 and four assists. And then he did get some contributions from some of his team, but they needed to do a little bit more than that. I mean, I'm just saying. But yeah, moving on, right? Jordan Poole was the star of the night. Was the star of the night. 29 points and then Steph Curry, Bench Curry, 34 points. My fucking God. Klay Thompson, 21 points. Crazy. This is insane. Golden State is looking like the Golden State of old. Like 2015 Golden State. They re-up. They got new parts. They got new toys. They looked amazing against Denver. And I think that this was a bad matchup for Denver to get. Especially a fully healthy Golden State team. As they took a 2-0 lead over Denver. Now let's move on to... Tuesday. As the Miami Heat took a 2-0 lead on the Atlanta Hawks. As Ice Trey played better. He didn't shoot well from three, but he shot 10 of 20. Had 25 points. But the Miami Heat beat them 115-105. Bogdan Bogdanovich had 29 points. John Collins had 13 points. He was cooking early in the game. DeAndre Hunter had a good game, but the story of that game was Jimmy Butler and his 45 points. Let me tell you something. If Jimmy Butler continues to play this way, dude, bruh, he could be a superstar if he wants to on any given night, but he's so unselfish. He had five rebounds and five assists and two steals. Jimmy Butler was hitting it from all over the court. Now, is he the best offensive player? No. Is he the most offensively skilled? No. But he made up for it in determination and grit. And he put the Miami Heat on his back, just like he did in 2020 in the Mickey Mouse Mick Championship. Have you noticed that Bam Adebayo hasn't done shit in this series? I'm not the only one that noticed that. Like, Bam is not playing like Bam. Something's up with dude. I don't know what's up, but the crazy part about this is Duncan Robinson, the hero of game one, only played six minutes in game two and did not score, did not even attempt a shot. And Miami still won. That's concerning for Atlanta as the series shifts to Atlanta. I don't think this series is quite yet over because we haven't seen, you know, Ice Tray. Tyler Hero, 15 points. Max Struss, 14 points. I mean, Miami got an effort from everybody, but Jimmy Butler. 
I mean, Jimmy's not going to go for 45 every night, but him averaging 27, 6, and 5 is something that he could definitely do. Or 27, 6, and 7, I should say. I told y'all. I told y'all. I told y'all Memphis was going to take back control of this series. Now, Minnesota got one in Memphis, but I'm a, you know, I'm a betting man now. I'm going to tell you this. Grizzlies in five. That's all I'm going to say. As Memphis lit Minnesota ass up. 124 to 96. I told y'all. Grizzlies in five, nigga. Ja wasn't going to back down from these niggas. I think that first game that Minnesota got was a fluke. I said it. I don't care. Memphis has... I knew that Memphis's defense was going to eventually show up in this series. Now, Ant-Man was held to 20 points. I know, held to 20 points is laughable. But, 7 to 16, that's not bad still. Carl Anthony Towns, 7 attempts, 15 points. That's not good enough. D-Lo was held to 11 points. And outside of that, Nas Reed and Torian Prince scored more than D'Angelo Russell and scored almost as much as Carl Anthony Towns. That's not going to get it done. And in my opinion, I know I shouldn't call this series over, but I'm calling it early. I think Memphis got it back. It's going to have to take, in order for Minnesota to win this series, they got to they gotta win both day home games. And I don't think they're going to win either game. I think... Memphis is going to go home with a 3-1 lead and close their ass out and shut the door. Take your ass home, Pat Bev. Just like you told the Clippers, the same thing is going to happen to you. I'm calling it. But let's get into it, man. Like, Memphis. Woo! One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Bodies, 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 bodies. Seven niggas in double figures. And I think something like this is going to happen again in one of them games in Minnesota. I think the games in Minnesota, one game is going to be close. The other one's going to be a blowout. John Moran, 23 points, 9 rebounds, 10 assists, 9 of 16 from the field. Desmond Bain, 16 points. Jaron Jackson, 16 points in a bounce back game because he he wasn't that good in game one. Zaire Williams. This is what makes Taylor Jenkins a great coach. He made adjustments. He put players in a game that he didn't put in in game one. He sat Stephen A. Adams. I mean, not Stephen A. Smith, but Stephen Adams the whole game. And let Xavier Tillman rock from Michigan State, by the way. 13 points for him. He was huge in that game. He did a good job of defending Carl Anthony Towns and making life difficult for him. Even though Carl Anthony Towns gives us a classic dunk every game. But it wasn't enough tonight. And they have major contributions. Yeah, man, when John Morant posted that Michael Jordan with the bat and, and said he was watching The Last Dance. That's when I knew it was going to be a shift in this series. I'm like, if Ja's watching that, 
He's locked in. And he's definitely going to win that next game. Now, a shocker. As the New Orleans Pelicans, the only team that I'm down with in the playoffs, tied the series with the Phoenix Suns one to one. As the New Orleans Pelicans beat the Phoenix Suns at home, 125 to 114. As Brandon Ingram put on the best game of his career, 37 points, y'all. 11 rebounds, 9 assists. It's safe to say that B.I. has arrived. Live and in living color. C.J. McCollum, 23 points. 7 of 18 from the field, 6 of 10 from 3. 9 rebounds and 8 assists. Damn, C.J. almost had a triple-double. Jonas had 10 points, 13 rebounds. Herb Jones, man, Herb Jones made life difficult for Phoenix once Devin Booker went down with an injury. And it's related to a hamstring injury, and he is going to miss game three and game four. We'll talk about that in a minute. Michael Bridges had 19 points. D-Book in the first half. 31 points, 7 of 11 from 3, 12 of 19. He made the game look so easy. And Chris Paul dropped the ball in closing out the game. No disrespect to him, but it's the facts. Chris Paul was out there. He was the best player on the floor. It was his job to, to finish the game off, and they did not. They pretty much panicked after, you know, Booker went down despite... Six niggas in double figures. Now, do I think this series is over? No. I think that Phoenix will take one of those games in New Orleans, if not both. If not both. I think they can make it two games without Booker. I think they could go 2-0. That's just me. I think they'll come back to Phoenix up 3-1. It's a possibility that they could split in New Orleans. And then maybe Phoenix closes New Orleans out in New Orleans. Because losing Book, that hurts. And I mean, they're used to playing like without Book. So I don't think, and they're well coached. But Willie Green, Willie Green is knows Monty Williams' scheme. I think he was an assistant coach for him before. So it's going to be very interesting. It's like the student is going against the teacher. I'm going to love this series. I'm not going to hold you. But I don't think it's over for Phoenix. Everybody is panicking, talking about, oh, it's over. No, it's not. I'm going to tell y'all this right now. The series isn't over until a team wins three games in a series. 
the series isn't doesn't start until the first team gets three. That's when the series starts. My bad. Let me fix that. The series doesn't begin until the first team gets the three. Because that's when all the pressure is on a team. And now we finally get to it. We finally get to talk. We talking today. We talking shit today. The Boston Celtics take a 2-0 lead on the Brooklyn Nets after the Nets had an 18-point lead in the first half of the game. The Nets smoked dicks and choked this game away as Tatum and Brown took control of the game and closed the game out. Which leads to the million-dollar question. Is Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving washed up? Is the 2022 Nets the 2012 Lakers? Is the Nets Chuck, Scottie Pippen, and Hakeem Olajuwon in 1999? They they sure look like it tonight. Ramadan Kyrie couldn't hold up this game. Kyrie X was smoking dicks tonight. And Kyrie, my man, he's my favorite player in the playoffs. But no one, and I mean no one, is safe from that Quentin Cleary smoke. No one is safe. You play bad, you play bad. You don't get a slap on the wrist. You get a a gunshot to your leg. Fuck it with me. I got my own brand of smoke. And niggas is getting barbecued on it. Kevin Durant, 4 of 17. 4 of 17. This has to be the worst game of Kevin Durant's career. That game 6 in 2015. This was worse than that. Kevin Durant was saved by the free throw line. Everybody talk about, oh, but he went to the line, no. Fuck that. Fuck that. Because Kevin Durant has turned over the ball in this series more than Wessel Westbrook. He turning over the ball more than LeBron, and LeBron is the all-time leader in turnovers. This dude played fucking horrible. This nigga... Is no longer the best player in the world. He's no longer the best player in the world. It's Giannis. I'm saying it right now. Kevin Durant has to win the championship to convince me otherwise. If the Nets don't win, Giannis is the best player in the world. Whether he wins or not. Because there's no real pressure on Giannis. It's all the pressure in the world on Kevin Durant and Kyrie. Now... There is another person to blame for this collapse, and it's Steve Nash. This dude is the worst coach in the fucking league. He is the worst coach I have ever seen. Because how you blow a 17-point lead, don't make any adjustments. Your shooters are on fire. And then you do not make plays for Kevin or Kyrie to get easier shots. And then in the fourth quarter, you don't even go to Kyrie. You don't even give him the ball. When he does get the ball, Kyrie, I don't know what the fuck was wrong with him. I don't know what was wrong with Kyrie X. 
Not all the prayers from Buddha can save this motherfucker tonight. He wasn't saving Lorenz Tate from fucking Love Jones tonight. Four of 13. Ten points. Really? After scoring 38? You really let Boston crowd get in your head, boy. You want it to be a leader of a team. This is supposed to be your team. You are incapable of running this shit. Sit your $5 ass down before I make change. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are great skilled basketball players, but they're not good leaders. I cannot believe I'm saying this. LeBron has proven LeBron even in his worst season ever is still a better leader than Kyrie and Kevin Durant. This is ridiculous. Now, I can say that Kevin Durant is still a better basketball player currently, currently just right now than LeBron. But this is the biggest disappointment I have ever seen from either guy. Kyrie usually shows up in series. But Kyrie's looking like that 28, 2019 Celtics Kyrie. This shit is awful. This is the worst performance. And Steve Nash, I ain't done with your, your white ass. How come Steve Nash doesn't get any criticism from the media for being such a terrible coach, unable to adjust? Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving cannot play defense. They can't. Tatum and Brown play defense. They both prove that defensively they are better than Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Tatum and Brown are becoming two-way players. Is this the changing of the guard in the league that we need? Is there new sheriffs in town? Could this duo make it into the top 10 in the league? Are they? If they win this series, that top 10 list looking different. That top five list looking different. The, and then Bruce Brown had 23 points, wasted a 23 point night and the superstars decide to lay an egg. Kyrie. You wanted to be away from LeBron. You wanted to, be, to lead your own team. This is what your leadership has gotten you. It hasn't gotten you nothing. You have won a couple of playoff series. That's cute. You did get hurt a lot. I understand that. But you haven't won anything as a leader. And Kevin Durant... You had to run to Golden State to get your two championships. Yes, you bust LeBron ass in both series. I get that. That was the changing of the guard for that time frame. But guess what, Kevin? The same thing that happened to LeBron in 2018 and 2017 is this is is, is could be a preview of what's gonna happen to you if you lose this series. Now the good news for Brooklyn is. 
you got home court the next two games. And I'm expecting Brooklyn to win both of those games. Because if Boston gets one of those games, you are fucked. And Steve Nash, you might as well be the fuck out of the league. He will ne- if they if the Brooklyn Nets lose this series, Steve Nash should never get another coaching job ever again. Because he's an awful coach. He didn't start from the bottom to work his way from the top. He just got the job easily. And he has ruined that team, by the way. He can't coach at all. He made no adjustments. There's no defensive sets. It's KD and Kyrie Streetball. What did I say on my previous shows? What did I say? They are not going to win a championship playing the way that they play. And they're not going to win the championship playing defense. Man, listen. Y'all better be lucky also. There's more good news. Ben Simmons is expected to return in this series. Now that ups the ante and makes things interesting. If Ben Simmons can slow down Tatum or Brown, that's a win for this Brooklyn Nets team that's in desperate need of some structure here. That could be a saving grace for them. Simmons definitely provides defense and athleticism. But we got a question again. Is he going to be mentally ready with the current superstars already choking and melting before our eyes? And a changing of the guard as Tatum and Brown is looking Katie and Kyrie in their face and say... I'm the captain now because we all expected Brooklyn to at least win a game in Boston. Nobody expected Boston to be up 2-0. I didn't. Hell, I mean, but I did expect Boston to win two games. I did. I'm still sticking with my pick. But Kyrie and Kevin Durant need to look themselves in the mirror. And get your shit together. Get your shit together. My nigga. Now, Boston, seven niggas in double figures. Steve Nash, how the fuck is a rookie coach like MAU Doka out coaching you this early in the game? This is a seed of pop, by the way. He knows about the pop way of life, and he has instilled that into this young team and got these dudes playing. All world defense. I have never seen Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving this confused, this flustered. We've only seen like a bad game, but I've never seen Kevin have a bad series like this. And this and remind you, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving have never been swept in a series. You know what I'm saying? You have to think about that. I'm just saying, dog. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, bro. Man, listen. Get your shit together. Tatum only... If I were to tell you that Tatum would shoot 5 of 16... 
and Boston would still beat Brooklyn, I would have laughed in your motherfucking face. Al Horford. Al Horford has been the hero of this series. This dude is a quality pro. He may not be a Hall of Famer by the numbers, but this dude has been consistent his entire career, and I would love to have him on my team. You got Daniel Tice getting 15 points. What the fuck? Andre Drummond? That's your assignment. Drummond played good, too. The role players wasted good games. Jalen Brown had 22 points. He was huge. Grant Williams. Now, this is a guy I did not see coming. Grant Williams, 17 points. Four of four from the field. Three of three from three. Peyton Pritchard. He hit the shot that ended the game for Brooklyn. I knew Peyton Pritchard was going to be a great shooter for this Boston team, and he was going to help them coming out of the draft. You should listen to my analysis on the 2022 draft. Boston's defense on Brooklyn has been nothing short of sensational. I wasn't expecting this. Now let's move on. Um, We're not going to talk about the Toronto and Philly game. Because this get, this show is about game twos only. So we will speak about that on a future episode. But I will be coming back and I'll be doing a YouTube video tonight on Keynote NBA Music Talk on YouTube. Speaking about tonight's games. But game two. I told y'all again. I was right once again, motherfuckers. I was right about Memphis taking back control of the series. And I was right about Chicago. I knew Chicago was going to beat Milwaukee one game this series at least. Chicago had three star players. They were going to get at least one win. And I told y'all, I had Bucks in five. But I don't know. It's a sticky situation now. We got Bobby Portis, who did not return in the game with an eye injury. Tristan Thompson elbowed him in the eye. I'm surprised he didn't try to fight Tristan. Then you got Chris Middleton leaving the game. X-rays say he has a sprained MCL. Oof, that's a blow. Now, I think Milwaukee can survive. Without Chris Middleton, but they can't win the championship without Chris Middleton. Milwaukee's in trouble. With the Nets being unsuccessful and looking like old niggas, with this injury to Chris Middleton, could this mean that the Philadelphia 76ers are in the driver's seat? To possibly go to the finals? Or at least the conference finals? I don't know. Is Miami a lot to come out of the East? Due to the teams that we thought 
we're something struggling right now? Because I just I still don't think Chicago's gonna win this series. I still don't think that uh Chicago's gonna win. But they did steal home court from Milwaukee and they could possibly be without Chris Middleton. Bobby Portis is probably going to return. But in the games without Middleton that I seen, Drew Holiday was sensational. Oops, I lisped like Trey Young. Sensational. <laughs> Sound like Trey Young when I said that. But anyway, right? This could pose as a problem for Milwaukee because now you can double team Giannis. But here's the thing, though. Milwaukee's deep, though. They would probably have to start either Connington or Grayson Allen in his place. Now, Grayson Allen is not Chris Middleton. I'm not saying that Milwaukee is better without Middleton. That would be bullshit. But I know one thing. I'd rather have Middleton on the floor and not show up than him be injured. I'll tell you that much. But Chicago got a chance if they win both day home games. They're a good home team. And this is the first time that they beat a playoff contender all year. So is this the turning point in the Chicago Bulls season where DeRozan he actually closed out a game as they beat the Milwaukee Bucks 114 to 110 despite injuries to Portis and Middleton. DeMar DeRozan 41 points and closed out the game. Shout out to DeRozan. I made fun of him for choking like he always does and he came back and punched me in the face and said, "Fuck you, King No. I belong. I should have been an MVP candidate, you bitch ass nigga." 41 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 blocks. Big night. The big three, well, I mean, I guess maybe the three and a half. Vucevic, 24 points. Hey, he was better than that 2 of 10 from 3 the other night. 4 of 8 from 3. 13 rebounds. 10 of 18 from the field. Zach Levine, 20 points. 7 of 13 from the field. 3 of 4 from 3. DeRozan shot 16 of 31. Patrick Williams was huge. 5 of 9. But other than that, that was their only contribution. Now, on Milwaukee side of things, they handled their business. They just, Chicago was in complete control of this game, and Milwaukee did not close them out. Giannis did all he could, 33 points, 18 rebounds, 9 assists, 11 of 20 from the field. Brooke Lopez had 25 points. He ain't scored like that since Brooklyn. Drew Holiday was hitting some big shots tonight, 15 points. Six rebounds, six assists. But they didn't get any contribution from their bench. Their bench only scored eight points. They got to get it together. 
Serge Ibaka only played 38 seconds. Yeah, this was pretty much a coaching issue on Budenholzer's part. He didn't adjust to the loss of Chris Middleton, who had 18 points today, shot 6 of 11 from the field, had 5 of 7 from 3, had 8 assists. Yeah, man, losing Middleton is a blow. And that could make this series a lot more competitive than it should be. You could turn possibly what could have been a five-game series into a seven-game series. I still would take Milwaukee in this series because they're the defending champs. Can you imagine the defending champs going down to a team with little to no playoff experience, with DeRozan being the most experienced player? Vucevic been eliminated out of the first round his whole career. Zach Levine never made the playoffs. Tristan Thompson has championship experience, and so does uh, Alex Caruso. But as a team together, they haven't done anything yet. So this could be the first thing that they do as a group by eliminating the champs. Now, my overall thoughts of the night in question, I say this again. If Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown beat Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, it's a changing of the guard that the old guys are old. Kevin Durant and Kyrie would be considered as old and washed. And the young guys, it's time to take over the league. It's time to take over the world, Pinky. Time to take over the world. And if we go by series by series, right? I'll close this shit out with this. As far as the Heat and the Hawks series goes, this shit is still alive and well. Let's see what Atlanta does in Atlanta. Again, first person to three, that's when the series begins. So it's 2-0. Celtics and Nets. Let's see what the Nets do at home. Before we judge, before we rule them out, I don't think that this series is over. It's just a shock to me that these dudes are really up 2-0 and playing defense like they're playing defense. Bucks and Bulls, the loss of Middleton will hurt them. We'll extend this series. This series is not over by a long shot. This series is going to be a long one, folks. Sixers and Raptors, ha <laughs> Put them nigga ass in the dirt. Smoking on Siakam pack tonight. And we smoking on dinosaurs. We smoking on dinosaur fossils tonight. Because this shit is over with. Suns and Pelicans, this could be a longer series than it, it than is, is to be expected. I expect Phoenix to take both of the Pelicans home games. But a part of me thinks that they're going to tie that series and extend that shit to six. But Booker should be back, though. Grizzlies and Timberwolves. I mean, I think this shit is over with, but it's not over by regular series standards. I mean, Memphis has to snatch one or both games in Minnesota. And I think that can happen. Warriors and Nuggets. Let's see what Denver does at home. Because if the Warriors get either one of them home games, sayonara, fake-ass MVP. Sayonara. 
Now, Mavericks versus Jazz. Oh, yeah. And then, by the way, this will be the second straight year that your MVP has been eliminated from. Second year in a row in the first round. Just putting that fact down for all y'all that's voting Jokic over Embiid and Giannis, by the way. So, then we got Mavericks and Jazz. I think this could go either way. The Utah Jazz have a history of beating themselves. I wouldn't be surprised if Luka and them beat them, especially now that we got news that Luka has been upgraded to questionable. That could be a huge problem, but lucky for Utah, they got home court. And if they protect home court, they'll be up 3-1. But I had picked this series to go seven games, so we're in for a long series. Get your popcorn ready. But that is King Known Uncensored. I am done for this podcast. I put my heart, my soul, and all of my energy into this one. This is game two. Change into the guard. And I'm out.